are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are live on YouTube. If you're not with us, why not? We are here every Friday for our happy hour show to talk about Packers Rams. It is an enormous matchup for the Green Bay Packers ahead of their bye week, a bye week they desperately need because of the injuries, because of the issues that they are dealing with with their health. That's just the reality that they're facing. They're not going to make any excuses about it. This team is talented enough to go out and get a win against the LA Rams, even with the LA Rams as talented as they are. Green Bay has the guys. What we also found out on Friday as we're recording this, Rashawn Gary returned to practice in full. Mercedes Lewis came back in full. Al Lazard was limited all week, but was practicing. Aaron Jones limited all week, but was practicing. And Jair Alexander, not back, not going to play this week, but he was out there doing some work off to the side, actual real football work. That is a really, really, really good sign for the Packers as they come down and try and make this stretch run. The injuries are essential here because Al Lazard was such a big part of the Packers' win against the Rams in the playoffs last season. As a blocker, as a pass catcher, their ability to go small, to go four wide, and still be able to run the ball because you can put Alan Lazard in the slot and he can wipe down linebackers. He can he can seal defensive ends. His versatility really is vital to this offense. And we saw last week. We saw last week what Marquez Valdez-Scanling's speed does for this team offensively. Without him, they just don't have that element. And it actually makes it easier for Devontae Adams to get loose when they're doing... Uh, anything in the passing game because you have Marquez who can get down the field and create. Al Lazard is not that guy. But when you're going run, 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 and he's plowing down defenders and he is getting the blocks all over the field, then all of a sudden you go play action and you can hit it over the top for a touchdown. The touchdown that sealed it last year was the one to Al Lazard. He can still hit those kinds of plays as well. If he could return... It would be a big boost for this offense. I don't think I need to make the case for the Aaron Jones, uh, the, the Aaron Jones importance. We know what he can do offensively, the vibrancy that he brings as an energetic factor on this team to inject him back into this offense to allow you to play run and pass with him. And AJ Dillon, to his credit, 
has become a much more impactful receiver than I think a lot of people thought he could be. But Aaron Jones's ability to be a home run hitter, that's the difference with him and A.J. Dillon, is Dillon can break off chunks, 15, 20, 25, 30 even. He's not going to hit a 70-yard or 60-yarder, probably. Unless it really just... You know, it's one of those like fourth and short and he makes one safety miss in the open field and it's he's off to the races and it's he doesn't have to really outrun anyone. Not that he's not fast. It's just you have to make a bunch of guys miss in those cases. And generally, he's going to bounce off guys rather than outrun them to have both of them. That was such a big part of what the offense wanted to be in this game last year was to play with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field at the same time. Go play big. We're going to make you play with heavier boxes, with heavier personnel. Run, run, run. Punish them for playing two high safeties. They don't give up explosive runs. In fact, their top 10 defense, the Rams are in both run and pass explosive rates. They just don't give up explosive plays. And if you're the Packers, you, you need to hit one or two of them. You need to hit one or two of them because... The Rams are probably going to hit one or two of them. And so you need to be able to match some of that. Now, the firepower is not going to be there the same way without Robert Woods, but they added Odell Beckham Jr. What can he bring to this offense? That is still very much a question here, and and we, we don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know that the Rams know what it's going to look like. One way to mitigate the effects of someone like Odell Beckham is to rush the passer. So Rashawn Gary... He returned, as I said, as a full participant in practice on Friday. That is huge for this team because without Jonathan Garvin, who's gone on the COVID-19 list, they bring in Nate Orchard. You hope all Nate Orchard is there for is the COVID-19 call-up and that Rashawn Gary can go in this game. He was dominant in this football game last year. In the playoffs, he was dominant in this game as a run defender, as a pass rusher, and he is even better now than he was in that game. So Rashawn Gary being back would be a monster difference. It would be a a material difference to have him and Preston Smith on the field at the same time with Kenny Clark. And and then you bring in some of the really nice blitz looks that Joe Barry has brought. Devondre Campbell as a blitzer, Darnell Savage as a blitzer, um, some of the corner blitzes that they've called. It looks like Kevin King is going to be out. He's doubtful. That takes out any of the guesswork of the, well, is Kevin King going to play? Is he going to rotate or is it going to be Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes? No, it's going to be Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes. It's going to be Eric Stokes to the top and Russell Douglas to the bottom, Shannon Sullivan in the slot, Henry Black as your third safety. Those are the looks Green Bay is going to go to. Can the Rams find ways to make the Packers pay for that? Now, they had Cam Akers last year. Cam Akers not in the lineup now. Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, not the same sort of impact running backs in this run game, which presumably is part of why Sean McVay has has been reticent to lean on it. Now, he also has has had the passing game working. Uh, you know, he's got Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup and now Odell Beckham and, and plenty of guys who can make it happen in the passing game. The Packers have to be able to pressure Stafford, have to be able to pressure Stafford because they want to get the ball down the field. And so if they want to do that, they are going to need time to do that. You need Rashawn Gary in there messing things up. I also I almost said a different phrase, uh, but my son is in the next room and I decided I I would not do that. Um, He he as a a field tilter 
I think really announced his presence in the Rams game last year and then has been that guy. He's carried it over. And, and I think sometimes we can overrate performances at the end of a previous season and say, oh, well, he finished the last four games. And then the next year, you know, he's carrying over that moment. No, that probably usually doesn't happen. Usually if a guy has shown something and then for four game stretch at the end of a season, why do we decide that because it was at the end of the season, it definitely means more. He's got to prove it again the next year. Rashawn Gary has done that and more. It's not like we're like, oh, yeah, he had that stretch. Remember that stretch he had at the end of this? Like James Starks had a great stretch, you know, at the end of the 2010 season. And he was never more than just a solid rotational running back. So Rashawn Gary has has taken his play up a level. He has he has even improved from what we saw last year. But he was outstanding in this game against the Rams. And and they're going to need some version of that this this week because you don't expect Matthew Stafford to play like Jared Goff. Now, some of the advanced numbers, Matthew Stafford looks just like Jared Goff. It's a little sexier because he can throw it down the field a little bit more and, and he's making some of these wow throws and he's making big time throws and he's creating explosive plays. All of that is great. The offense is not significantly better than it was with Jared Goff, certainly not the 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 peak Jared Goff years when they were, you know, a Super Bowl team and that team was was just rolling. Now part of that was they were getting the ball out quickly. Robert Woods was getting 12 on a receiver screen. Cooper Cup was getting 6 yards on an option route and turning it into 16 yards. That's a real thing. Todd Gurley on screens was just eating up. And that's real, but but that's a efficient offense. That's okay. That's okay. So the Packers defensively to get Rashawn Gary back and to get Alan Lazar back. And we, we know what Aaron Jones is. I think they're going to be OK without Aaron Jones. If they could just get those guys back. And like I said, it looks like Rashawn Gary is going to be back. If they get him and Alan Lazard, they're going to be something close to full strength. Uh, at least as full strength as they can be right now. And they will they will be in a good position to win this game. Vegas disagrees. Um, Bet Online has this at Packers plus one. They are home underdogs to the Rams who have a worse record, who are coming off two straight losses and who have not really looked good in in almost a month because they've had two losses in the bye. Maybe the bye matters. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the injuries all are, are more important than the product we've seen on the field. But the Packers have been by far, even with all the injuries, the more consistent team this season. And that that doesn't matter in a one game sample. But if we're talking about predictivity. And what we what we can project moving forward, I just think it's a safer bet that the Packers play well in this game. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know what or or who you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind in daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. And the crazy part is they're going to show you their lineup before you play. And you get to handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. This has never been done before. This is an innovation in the fantasy sports space, a betting hybrid where Stat Hero allows players to have odds that are four times better than what they're what they're used to. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. They put you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero says, cool, we'll do it. They're daring you to beat them. And you should. 
one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at sathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. You put money in, they match it. Bang. Easy. That's sathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for that 100% match at sathero.com slash locked on. So we do have some questions in the chat and we're going to get to those. Um, It is happy hour Friday here. I've got a little Miller High Life going. I forgot how good this is. I haven't had this in a long time. So I'm going to get to these questions in a little bit. I want to talk first about Yosh. Uh, Someone like Yash Nijman and that pedigree, the, oh, he's a... He's a, a project and undrafted and, you know, doesn't doesn't really get to play and is just this preseason training camp guy. Generally speaking, those players do not work out. And you say, oh, the, the toolsy prospect. No, usually the toolsy prospects are first round picks, especially at offensive line. But Nijman is different. And the coaches have talked about him differently. The team has looked at him differently. And I, I think with good reason. You go back and you look at the games that he had to start. Steelers, Bengals, 49ers. Those are real defenses, good defenses with real pass rushers. Now, you know, were they 100% healthy? No. But they still had to go against someone who is is theoretically, in on most teams, your third offensive tackle you expect him to just get whipped in those matchups. And not only did he not get, you know, become a problem, he was he was genuinely good. And if you look at the pro football focus numbers against guys with at least 100 snaps, he is he is 39th out of 82 qualifying offensive tackles in pass block grade ahead of guys like Billy Turner DJ Humphreys, Lyle Collins, Isaiah Wynn, Braden Smith, Penny Sewell, Eric Fisher, and both, both of the Cleveland Browns offensive tackles. By pass block grade, better than the Cleveland Browns offensive tackles. Now, is he a better player than those guys? Probably not. But that's with a grade against three very good defenses. Against the 49ers, the Bengals, the Steelers. Those are real fronts with real pass rushers, real guys, real blitzes. And Green Bay was able to find ways to mitigate whatever issues he created. And guess what? He didn't create issues. He played well in those games, especially as a pass blocker. He is he is extremely physically gifted. The tools for a tool, toolsy player. We often don't get to actually see them. We hear about them, right? Coaches say, oh, he's so talented. He's so gifted. He's got this physical ability. But the thing about the NFL is if if you don't have technique, if you don't have football intelligence, that physical ability is often wasted and you don't even really get to see it. I'll never forget watching Ahmad Carroll, who was blazing fast, 4-3-40 fast, have guys run by him. And you're just going, how? How are guys just running by this dude? He runs 4-3. He should be the fastest guy on the field. But he wasn't because he had bad technique. He was an undisciplined undisciplined player. He didn't have any sort of poise or tenacity. 
He was way too physical, way too grabby, and and did not have uh, a, a flexibility about him in you know his his movement skills. He was not a loose athlete. He was, but if an excellent a theoretical athlete. He didn't look like one on the field because for all the physical tools, there were key things that he'd lacked. Nijman's not like that. You can see the movement skills against pass rushers, against good pass rushers. He's he's put good pass rush reps or pass blocking reps on tape. Now, does that mean you're going to trust him for 50 reps against Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and, and the L.A. Rams or for 50 reps against Shaq Barrett and JPP and Joe Tryon or 50 reps against Demarcus Lawrence and, and Micah Parsons? You probably that's not what you want in the playoffs. That's not what you want. You want David Bakhtiari and David Bakhtiari, according to Ian Rappaport, mid-December seems like the, the touchstone here. And Jair Alexander is working his way back. We did get some clarity. I should mention David Bakhtiari is had a knee scope. And so we we now understand why he's been uh, shelved a little bit here. But but those things, you know, a couple weeks, he can be back out there and be playing. You hope by week maybe comes out, practices the week after and, and then has a chance to go. But it, but if those guys are on the field and relatively healthy, it makes the Packers so much better. In one game, though, one game, you can make it work with Nijman. You just need to win this one game. Win this one game and you are in such good position. Scoop is, is asking this in the chat. One, one win, because of what happened with Dallas, because of the position the Rams are in, because you have the tiebreaker with Arizona, because the Bucs have already lost this extra game. This one win, just find a way to win one game and hey, next time you go out there, maybe you have David Bakhtiari. Next time you go out there, maybe you have Aaron Jones and Al Lazard and Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith. Who knows? One game. One game makes it so much easier moving forward. This is the game you have to have because the schedule really, frankly, not that hard coming in. That Browns game doesn't look as difficult as it did maybe a month ago. That Ravens game, that Ravens pass defense is not good. They're just not good. And Lamar Jackson is really scary, but their defense is not very good. And so if you're relatively healthy for that game, if you're if you're going to try and blitz the daylights out of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, good luck. Good luck that he's going to find the answers. And that's the only way that that defense can can get stops is is to create turnovers and sacks and, and pressure on a quarterback that doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, and, and that's not going to bode well for them. So you win this game. You, you put yourself in really good position when it comes to the NFC playoff race because the Packers are going to the NFC playoffs. It's a matter of seeding. And the number one seed is still right there for them. This game, this game, you know, nothing is a lock, but this game, they're going to win the NFC North. You win this game. They're going to be a top three seed win this game. Beyond that, it's going to come down to a couple, a couple bounces of the ball late in the season. Let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I get asked, I've been asked about it a bunch at Thanksgiving. Hey, is Built Bar really, really that good? I need to know. Hey, Built Bar, those things, you talk about them a lot, like, but, but like, come on, tell me the truth. They're really, are they really good? They really are delicious. Let me look in the camera. They really are delicious. I'm telling you, most protein bars are chalky or waxy or, or just kind of gross. These things are unbelievable. You'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bar, they're, they're low carb. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high in protein, 
and they have all the healthy benefits with so many purely delicious flavors. You guys, I'm telling you, if you didn't know, you'd think you were eating a candy bar. Interesting, right? Black Friday. Here we are. Black Friday deal on your Built Bar. 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. Locked 20 when you use that promo code. They've got ruby chocolate puffs. They've got lemon dip cheesecake puffs. And, and, remember I said, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. They made a candy bar. New Built Bar Crave Bars. It is their new deal. 160 calories, 17 grams of protein. But it's a candy bar. It's a legit candy bar. 20% off and two free Crave Bars at Built.com for Black Friday. You do not want to miss this. Plus up to 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost. 40% off Built Swag. Promo code LOCKED20 to get 20% off plus the two free Crave Bars when you use the promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. Football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Maybe a little gravy, a little mashed potatoes, stuffing. All right. It's a, it's a nice little combo. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And they remain your number one spot for all your sports betting action in, on Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. Not just football. I'm sure you're a football fan, but not just football. Bet online is pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals for Thanksgiving. All right. What's up to everyone uh, that is in the chat? We appreciate you. We will uh, we will take some of these these questions here. Anthony wants to know: Does the offense just need AR twelve to be practicing to start faster? I mean, he was practicing before, and they didn't. They need to play better. They need to play better. I mean, that's that's just it. And and, and some of it is the offensive play calling. They had a great first series against the Vikings and a penalty. Just a penalty. It's an execution problem. They, they were ready to just go down there and punch in that first one, 7 nothing, bang. But they had a penalty that scuttled the opening drive. By the way, a bad penalty. Great first play, the Devontae Adams design. They, they've been getting some good designs. They just haven't been able to execute in the red area. The offensive difference in the red zone is, is stark. They went from one of the best ever to one of the worst in the league. And you expect it to regress. You don't expect it to regress like this. And I think we should expect it to come back up. They're going to start having these games where they go four for four, three for four in the red zone rather than, you know, all the nonsense that we've seen to date. So they they need to start faster because they need to execute better. Like they need to. It's not just a Rogers practicing thing. Everyone needs to execute a little bit better. They're close and they keep saying that, but they know what it looks like for real in 19 they kept saying they're close and we're just sort of like, are you though? It does seem like they're close. And I think this was the game where you started to see it like, oh, okay, this is how this is supposed to work. And they they really started hitting on, on all cylinders here. Uh, AJ Dillon needs 20 touches a game if, if uh, Jones isn't available. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like any arbitrary number on touches. 
let it be dictated by the flow of the game. Now, if you go in and say, look, we need to we need to get AJ Dillon the ball because we think he can do X. Great. And I think every game they're going to go into it going, we need to get AJ Dillon the ball because he has this kind of matchup. And we saw it in the run game when they were able to be playing in phase. He's getting four, five, six yards per carry every time he every time he touches it. He is uh, a weapon in the passing game, even if he's not someone that you're splitting out and running routes against linebackers. Getting him the ball is a good idea because he is a good player, but they have other good players. And I think they they can use everyone in this offense. I love the two back sets with Randall Cobb as a as a running back, de facto running back. I think there's even more they can do. I would expect that they're going to do it a bunch in this game with RPOs and fronts that they they know that can be relatively predictable. We'll see what what they what they do there if Aaron Jones can't go. Um I would expect to see a lot of um you know four receiver sets in this game. Even if Alan Lazard can't go. Because EQ was such a big part and is such a useful part of this offense um last week. And so when you find the passing game as effective as they did, now they hit some big stuff. But they also had some nice play action plays. They had some nice play off the play plays where it's like, okay, they normally run this boot and then they're able to get the slam in behind to EQ, like that kind of stuff. I think there's going to be a cat and mouse game and all this. But AJ Dillon, if 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 they're if this game is close and Aaron Jones can't play, he's going to get 15, 20 carries. And he's probably going to get to 20 touches. Now, if Aaron Jones can play, then, you know, 10 to 15 carries and, you know, 12 to 18 touches. They're going to try and get him his touches because he is such a factor in the run game. And, and I think they should. He's proven that he can be that kind of guy. Um, <laughs> Zach wants to know if I'm going to get a uh, uh, my coach is sexier than your shirts. I might. I might. I was kind of hoping those are my my guys over there at Game On. I was kind of hoping they would just send me one. Westendorf, if you're listening, um, I can send you my address. Uh, Zach wants to know, even if we barely make it into the playoffs, when we get everyone back, it's going to be run the table to the Super Bowl. I, it, it could be. It could be. Um, this team needs to be healthy at the end. And that was the that was the Buccaneers. They went through that midseason slog and then they got healthy at the end. And all of a sudden they took off. And, and the Packers in 2010 dealt with a lot of injuries. They were not even fully healthy at the end. They still had outside linebacker issues. Um, you know, back to 96. You remember they they needed to play their third string offensive tackle um to, to go out there and, and win that Super Bowl. So every team needs to, you know, deals with the injuries. We're seeing that and we're seeing it. It's affecting every team right now. But to get those guys back, if they can get Z, Bach, and Jair back, I said this before, they're the favorites. They're the favorites in the NFC. The Cowboys proved again, not trustworthy, and they lost. So it, it you know, it doesn't matter. If they have to come to Lambeau because uh, they lost that game, I know no Amari Cooper, I know no CeeDee Lamb. They lost that game out of some stupid stuff and some bad execution and some and some things that are just going to be a problem for them no matter what. So uh, this is this is all I don't want to say it's lining up for Green Bay, but but they're going to be in very good shape um, as we as we come down the stretch, assuming they are able to get healthy. Andre wants to know if I'm inside my wardrobe, not mine. Uh, this is my dad's closet. But yes, I am in a closet. Yeah, Robert Brooks behind me. Um, and that's the uh, you, if you can see oh, other way. That is the union, I, I believe, in Madison. So um, 
I don't think Matt LaFleur likes getting his running backs to 20 carries. That's a lot of hits. Professor Cakes says that. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think that he has an aversion to it, but I think he understands how valuable it is to have guys who are fresh at the end of the year. They, they made that very clear on Aaron Jones. I think they they relied on Jones more than they wanted to in 2019. And I think it showed up in 2020 with the way that they handled it. Antonio wants to know, should we move on from Crosby after the year? I, you know, I, I think there was always a good chance they were going to do that anyway. Um, the way they restructured his contract. Um, they like J.J. Molson. So we'll see. I um I think there's a good chance they do. I think winning a Super Bowl would make it easier for him to just say, I'm retiring. Remember, he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. We don't talk about that with kickers because they can usually play forever. But, you know, he he's certainly much grayer than he used to be. And uh, I, I could see him just saying, you know what? I don't need the hassle. You know, if there's going to be new long snappers every week and a new punter and all this stuff and we can't get this right. I've got enough money. I'll just walk away. I, I could see that happening for him. So um, just something to just something to keep in mind here. Um, do you think by now Goody and the floor have a concrete idea of J love is real? Do you hear good stuff from sources about him? Cheers from Brazil, Brazil. Um, uh, they they like Jordan Love a lot. Uh, do they know if he's ready to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2022 and beyond? I don't know. And I, I sort of don't think that's the point. It It's more about um, what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. If Aaron Rodgers wants to stay, assuming he does not play like ass the rest of the way, um, he's going to stay because they know that their best chance to win Super Bowls for the next two or three years, they're in Rodgers. Now, if Rodgers wants to sign some sort of one and one or, you know, two and one, then, then maybe you have the opportunity to keep Jordan love and, and still figure it out. It does feel like we're coming up to an off season where they're going to have to pick. Now, depending on what Aaron, Aaron wants to do, Aaron might want to retire. Aaron might want to go play somewhere else. And then the decision is made. I, if Aaron, if Aaron wants to go and, he wants to go to Denver or he wants to go to Vegas or he wants to go to wherever San Francisco, probably not going to happen now. I don't think the Packers are going to seek a quarterback in return for him. Now I, I do think a veteran behind him, someone like a Marcus Mariota would make a ton of sense. Someone who can mentor him, who understands the offense, who's been around the block. I think that's useful for a young quarterback especially someone um, who's been through the trials and tribulations, the pressure of being a first-round pick. I think Mariota makes a ton of sense, experience in the Matt LaFleur system, all of that stuff. Um, I, I don't think they're going to say, Aaron, I almost said Brett, Aaron, we think Jordan Love is so good and so ready that we're ready to move on from you. I don't think they're going to do that. Now, remember, the Packers didn't do that with Aaron Rodgers either. Brett decided to move on. They said, okay, we're moving forward with Aaron Rodgers. And they stuck to that. Now, it'd be interesting if if Rodgers said, I want to trade, and then no trade materializes, and then he wants to come back or whatever. Like, there could be a situation like that. Um, And like I said, I don't think the decision moving forward is going to be based on Jordan Love. I think it's going to be based on what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. If Aaron Rodgers wants to be back, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback in Green Bay for as long as he wants to be. And I think that was always going to be the case. And I think he misread the situation thinking it was not going to be the case 
They they want him in Green Bay for as long as he wants to be there. They made that clear when they they offered him a top of market deal. The question is, does he want that? And we're just not going to know the answer to that until it happens. And I think what happens this year is going to go a long way to deciding that. So go in the Super Bowl and figure the rest out. It's a lot easier if you've won the Super Bowl. And then you can say whatever you want to say. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be live on Sunday after the game. And uh, maybe not right after the game because I'll be there. If you want to come say hi to me at the game, um, I will be there. Uh, I'll be I'll be there before the game having some brats and some beers. So come say hi. Uh, hit me up in the DMs and and we'll uh, we'll try and work it out. And uh, we'll 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 have a good time if the Packers win. If they don't, eh, it'll be a little tougher. But I think it's going to be a really good game. I said on on our our Wednesday show that I think the Packers are going to win. They are now underdogs at home. I love that, and I, I do think they win. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that nine two zero. 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.